0: Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews so you can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Quipster Film Review Podcast, where I cover brand new movies out in theaters. You can read all about that. Check the link out at my website, Quipster.net. Today, I'm going to be getting into the second part of a three-part series looking at films with bumbling protagonists in films of the 1980s that were based on old TV shows. I just looked at The Nude Bomb, which of course was based on the TV show Get Smart. I'm going to do it again. Get Smart again is the film I'm going to be covering for this week's episode. came out on the other end of the decade of the 1980s in 1989. It's a film that was made for television. It has been released on DVD a couple of times, and you can catch it on platforms that have streaming. I actually purchased it uh, from Amazon to watch it for this review. Because it's a made-for-TV movie, it's not rated, but I would probably guess it would get rated PG for its comic violence if it were released into theaters. The runtime is an hour and 36 minutes. Get Smart Again brings back Don Adams, as well as Barbara Felden as Agent 99, Bernie Capel, Dick Gautier, Robert Carvelis, Harold Gould, King Moody, Kenneth Mars are also in the film. Gary Nelson is the director and the screenplay credited to Leonard B. Stern, Mark Curtis, and Rod Ash. As I mentioned last week when I talked about the nude bomb here, Maxwell Smart, this is his second chance for a comeback because *Nude Bomb was considered by and large to be a failure. It did not deliver the theatrical franchise that they were intending, so they decided to do something different. A made-for-TV reunion movie because reunion movies were in vogue at the time. Get Smart Again, of course, bringing back the old gang, at least the ones that were still alive at the time for this potential comeback. This effort brings back a lot of the cast from the old TV show, which ran from 1965 to 1970 before it became a classic in syndication ever since. In fact, it found a lot of young audience, including me, I was not alive at the time that it was airing on television, but I did watch it incessantly in reruns. The 1980 flick, The Nude Bomb, failed to bring those fans back. And another person they didn't bring back, most notably, was Barbara Feldon as Agent 99. In this made-for-TV movie, amusingly, Maxwell Smart continues to call Barbara Feldon's character by her agent name, Agent 99, or just 99, 20 years into their marriage, even when they're alone. For many years, Barbara Feldon had resisted a return to her most famous of roles. She wanted to distance herself from that identity in order to do other things with her career and life. And then she agreed to return here after reading the script, which she thought was cute and very funny, and she discovered much to her delight that this would be about where the characters went, since we last saw them, instead of just plugging in the characters into the roles without really updating anything with the premise. Also along for the ride from the old show is Dick Gautier. He plays the overly sensitive, literal-minded robot called Jaime, who spent the intervening years since Control was dismantled working as a crash test dummy. Dave Ketchum, he plays the stealthy inside man on the television show as well as in this movie. He's been filed away in a drawer, literally, as Agent 13. Robert Carvelis he's the daft but trusty Agent Larrabee. He ended up staying in the intervening years in Control headquarters to water the plants, despite the fact that Control pretty much closed down for nearly two decades, but he saw a letter by Richard Nixon, his last order, stating for agents to remain at their posts and never saw any kind of follow-up after that, so there he remained. No mention of the chief in this film. In fact, the chief, is his first name is Thaddeus, the original show revealed on a couple of occasions. But Thaddeus, the chief, does not appear in this film. But the movie itself is dedicated to Ed Platt, who played the chief on the original show, He unfortunately died in 1974 and would not appear. The producers felt that Platt was irreplaceable as the chief, so they decided to forego replacing him with any kind of new chief, and so they let Maxwell Smart be guided by a commander in a different organization. Douglas Drury played by Kenneth Mars here in addition to the cast returning there are also the age-old gadgets like the shoe phones in fact Max has two shoe phones now one is used when there is shoe forwarding I guess or shoe waiting whatever you want to call it and the most frustrating of them all of course the cone of silence makes an appearance in the bedroom of Max and 99 the only thing really not brought back for this film besides the chief of course is the show's canned laughter, the laugh track that a lot of people found annoying about the original show. Now, in this film, Chaos ends up making a comeback in this world that has not been terrorized by Chaos since Control took them down and put themselves out of the international terror business. Recurring Get Smart actor Bernie Capel, who a lot of people associate from his stint as Dr. Adam Bricker on The Love Boat, he returns as Smart's main nemesis, Conrad Siegfried. Putting on a comical German accent yet again in what ends up being a dual role here, he plays two triplet brothers. I guess, well, one of them's a sister, but that's all part of the joke, I guess. His assistant, King Moody, also returns as Siegfried's main henchman, Starker, or Starker if you apply the bad German accent By Siegfried. Siegfried here is leading the new chaos after it had been bought out by a corporate takeover and he's now encouraging budget cuts requiring a quick influx of cash. Siegfried launches his own plans for world domination with the formula to create a weather control machine, which gives chaos the power to adjust the climate anywhere in the world as they see fit, but They're willing to stop targeting places like the interior of the White House if their demands for a ransom of $250 billion are paid within seven days. Now, as chaos is back, the USIA, the fictional United States intelligence agency, reaches out to control's most well-known agent, current State Department Protocol Officer Maxwell Smart who's now living with his wife 99 in semi-retirement their twins which were born in the final season of Get Smart in 1970 are now away in college they want him to look for the whereabouts of the formula's inventor Professor Hottentot a top secret scientist who's disappeared and just might have defected to chaos they may presume a subplot involves 99 currently writing her memoir on her time as a control agent called Out of Control that's the name of the book And that fills Max with chagrin to no end when he discovers that her world just did not always revolve around him, which is kind of a nice twist from the original TV show where she did nothing but cater to Max. The subplot eventually merges with the main plot, where it's discovered that there may be moles who work for chaos in both the White House and the book publishing company, eventually breaking a department rule that says husbands and wives cannot be active at the same time. That causes Max. Throughout this movie, to try to hide the fact that he's on a mission, at least until you get to the end. Now, Get Smart, again, is directed by Gary Nelson. Nelson's a veteran of TV sitcoms. He did dabble in a couple of big screen flicks for Disney in the 1970s, Freaky Friday and The Black Hole, which were favorites of mine growing up. Having directed nearly two dozen episodes of Get Smart between 1966 and 1969, Gary Nelson is the perfect choice to know these characters and these actors and how to deal with them. The same can also be said for the co-screenwriter, Leonard B. Stern, who not only executive produced and wrote many episodes, of the original show, but he'd also been working in the interim in the world of book publishing. Price Stern Sloan, he's one of the co-publishers. Stern and co-publisher Roger Price invented the Mad Libs books, and Price also appears in this film as Professor Hottentot himself. Price Stern Sloan, even though those guys are not really around today, the book label actually does still exist today as an imprint of the Penguin Group. Stern here is joined by the writing team of Mark Curtis and Rod Ash, who once did the story editing and wrote a few episodes of the TV cop spoof called Sledgehammer. And they did that for producer and creator Alan Spencer, who actually is the reason why Get Smart Again was made. He is a Mel Brooks superfan. He knows all of the principal players who worked on Get Smart Get Smart was co-created by Mel Brooks, and uh, he actually proposed the idea of bringing them back for a reunion movie made for television, so that really got the ball rolling. Series producer Bert Nadella also returns in the role here as a producer. He famously had a long romantic relationship with Barbara Feld, they were an item for over 10 years, and that may have also contributed to her desire to return here. All of the tropes that you've come to know and love about Get Smart Get the Return, would you believe, missed it by that much, sorry about that, and and loving it. You know, all of the catchphrases, and including all of the silly misunderstandings, and you get plenty of off-the-wall sight gags. In fact, like there's a joke in here, Max ends up stopping a villain's knife thrust with a book by Leo Tolstoy, and then he quips, nobody gets through war and peace. Uh, The plot is identical to the kinds of, ludicrous schemes that chaos would always have on the show especially when you learn the rationale it's kind of a spoiler here but the head of the book publishing company played by Harold Gould he wants to make the climate so bad that people will stay indoors to read great classic novels because they're not really doing that so much anymore in addition to the usual shenanigans get smart again continues the show's sneaky tradition of taking some satirical potshots at politics with a few zingers about the bureaucracy and the futility of government work and When Smart's new commander tells him they need to stop chaos from using the weather to ruin the world with air and water pollution, the glib response from Max is, you mean worse than we've been doing? Get Smart Again introduces us to a few new gadgets as well. The multi-purpose sports coat that Max wears in this film doubles as a phone and he has a nostril mini camera and a credit card that shoots a laser and magnetic shoes that end up replacing those foot phones and something called a noiser, which is actually the opposite of a silencer. It amplifies the sound of a wimpy gun, a couple of highlights involve two variations on the cone of silence. One called hover cover, which involves talking to each other on the building roof while noisy helicopters hover overhead. But they actually end up causing powerful wind channels that blow the conversers across the rooftops, one way or another. Another of the cone of silence replacements is called the hall of hush, and that's a room that ends up drowning out all noise, including the voices of the speakers. But just as frustrating is that the words are visualized like subtitles in front of them, and they end up not going away, and that causes just more confusion than if they just talked out loud. One of my favorite bits in this film occurs when Max and one of the baddies are doing some hand-to-hand fighting while 99 is asleep, and because he does not want 99 alerted that he's back to taking on missions, he does whatever possible in the melee to minimize any sounds that would alert her that he's back in the spy game, and that includes throwing a pillow across the floor before he knocks the baddie onto it, etc. Another funny seemingly throwaway bit sees Max crossing his legs and accidentally kicking a coffee cup from the man sitting next to him, and not just once. There is a lot of physical humor here, and it actually ends up going quite well. Don Adams handles those with a lot of panache. Leonard P. Stern did not want to reprise the weekly series, but he did propose that if this effort as a made-for-TV movie proved successful that they would continue to reunite maybe even two or three times a year for a series of made-for-TV movies, kind of like Perry Mason had done for quite a few years. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Despite a strong fan base for the original show, Get Smart again really did not do much in terms of ratings when it was released for ABC for February sweeps in 1989, it pulled in a third-place showing for the channel, and that was behind two other made-for-TV flicks that it was running at the same time against, CBS's steamy thriller called Naked Lie with Victoria Principal and NBC's crime drama called The Revenge of Al Capone. Both did better ratings. Now, you could attribute its lack of success to some very weak lead-in shows on ABC for it gets Smart Again. At 7 p.m. on that network, they debuted... Great Circuses of the World against the number one rated show, 60 Minutes. Not very many people, as you can imagine, tuned into that. Mary Hart uh, hosted that show and nobody cared. The hour-long special followed that at 8 o'clock, the 75th anniversary of Beverly Hills. Wow, how many people really cared about that? Not too many. It was also plugged into the 9 p.m. Sunday night time slot. And that was past the bedtime of most of the younger audience that typically had enjoyed Get Smart in reruns for many years, so it definitely missed a lot of its audience. Although the film would not prove successful on television, Adams and Felden ended up returning to the world of Get Smart again as regulars on a 1995 revamp of the show, also called Get Smart. It starred Andy Dick, though. Andy Dick plays Zack Smart, one of the twin sons of Maxwell Smart and Agent 99, Maxwell Smart's now the chief of control, and Agent 99 is now a congresswoman who happens to be in charge of controlling Control's budget, and I can't imagine that she would be called Agent 99. I have not seen that show, so I would be intrigued as to what she's called on that show. The show appeared on Fox as a spring season replacement series, and that means if you count up all your networks, Get Smart appeared on all four major broadcast networks in some fashion or other, because the made-for-TV movie Get Smart Again was on ABC, and the original series played on NBC for four seasons before moving to CBS. So kind of a unique thing in that way. I don't think any other shows since then have actually done that, but if you know of any, you can write to me. I'll give my contact information at the end. Now, unfortunately, the 1995 version of Get Smart only ran seven episodes. It was actually canceled before the first episode even aired, so they didn't even want to stick around to see if it would actually be a hit. The executives at Fox felt that they didn't want to continue funding the show beyond its initial production. They didn't think it was very good, and they were not confident in it. Now, that show would mark the last appearances of Don Adams and Barbara Feldon in their uh, iconic roles. They ended up getting replaced by Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway in the 2008 big-screen adaptation called Get Smart. And that film actually was a huge success. It raked in over $230 million worldwide. It had a budget of $80 million, which is pretty high, but it made quite a bit beyond that. They ended up greenlighting a sequel to Get Smart, the 2008 version. But Steve Carell was dissatisfied with the scripts that he was receiving, and eventually he felt that too much time had passed for them to feel that there was a viable means to continue, despite the fact that the first film was profitable. So they probably are going to end up having to reboot that franchise once again if they want to make another one. Nevertheless, as far as Get Smart Again, it really is good to see the old gang back again, who really still have great rapport and good chemistry here, despite not having worked together in nearly 20 years. I think if you're uninitiated to the world of Get Smart, you may find Get Smart Again only a vocational amusement. You might not get many of the jokes that are actually just callbacks to the TV show. However... While it is a bit slack in its delivery as compared to the rapid-fire nature of the 25-minute show, I do think that Get Smart Again is a film made primarily for knowing and nostalgic fans. And on that scale, I do think that it is ultimately successful if this is your bag. If you're a big fan of the TV show, certainly I do think that you should give Get Smart Again a try. Certainly, big fans of the series embrace this film much more than they do The Nude Bomb. So for all of that, I will give it a higher grade than The Nude Bomb. I'll give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do think that it's a worthwhile film for those people who like this kind of movie. And by this kind of movie, I mean made-for-TV reunion movies that are based on TV shows that you may know and love. So if you do know and love, Get Smart. I definitely think you should give Get Smart. Again, a try if you haven't seen it already. Three stars out of four. Four get smart again thanks everyone for listening i hope that you enjoyed this review as far as what i'm going to be talking about next week another film that came out in the 1980s based on an old television show the show i'm talking about actually the movie and the show are completely different in many respects don't look for anyone to claim that it was an honest recapturing of the original show because this was a comedic take on a very serious show called dragnet Dragnet starring Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks came out in 1987 and that's what I will be talking about. Another bumbling detective. I could have talked about that on the previous trilogy but we're gonna wrap up the trilogy here with Dragnet from 1987 please watch that if you haven't seen that already for the next episode. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review that I gave. If you have your own thoughts on Get Smart or Get Smart Again or The Nude Bomb or whatever you want to talk about, you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. And until next time, thanks everyone for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies.